last week we were in chapter 24 and we saw Moses going into a cloud on Mount Sinai to have a meeting with God. If you read chapter 24, the very last a line of that chapter, it says Moses was with God on Mount Sinai for 40 days. So Moses is in a meeting with God on the mountain, is the two of them, for 40 days. And during the 40 days, God begins to speak to Moses. So from chapter 25 going on up to about 29, 30, somewhere there, it is God talking to Moses, giving Moses detailed specifications of what needs to be done. And so we read only nine verses. That is what we will concentrate on this morning as the conversation begins because that is where our message is for this morning. And so God is in a conversation with Moses. And we discover that in this conversation, God has a need. And Moses is there and the children of Israel are there to help God meet the need. And remember this morning, even as I start talking to us, that your need is God's need. That God always, 24-7, has a need. Because you have a need. And his need is to make you who he intended you to be, right from the beginning. And for God to meet that need, he needs the cooperation of everyone involved in his family. Listen to the first statement where we read in chapter 25. He says, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. From everyone who gives it willingly, with his heart you shall take my offering. The children of Israel are bringing an offering to God because it is his offering, because he wants to build a sanctuary for himself. That's very important. The offering is for God through you for his sanctuary so that he may dwell among us today. This morning I just want to talk to us about the giving culture of the kingdom of God. That's our brief message. And I can assure you I'll be very brief. But I know that you would gain something. The giving culture of the kingdom. Every kingdom has a culture. Those who have seen political kingdoms, they have got their cultures. If you look at Eswatini, close by, they are a kingdom, isn't it? They have a particular culture of doing whatever they are doing, unique to them. Their culture is different from any other kingdom. So every kingdom has its own ways of doing things. You see, the kingdom of God is broad and deep, and the kingdom of God is power. 
and for this power of the kingdom of God to be manifest, there are certain principles that the citizens of the kingdom ought to live by. And one of those principles within the culture, it is called giving. The kingdom of God does not know how to operate on earth without giving. I will say this until you say amen. The kingdom of God does not know how to manifest its power on earth unless the citizens learn to give. And because giving is the foundational or is the foundation of the kingdom. Right from the beginning when Jesus returns to restore the kingdom on earth, we see God giving. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the kingdom is predicated on this powerful principle called giving. So we need to understand, therefore, that we are in a kingdom whose culture is giving, whose operations are predicated on giving, whose nature and everything else is about giving. Are you with me this morning? So I will endeavor this morning just to show us maybe three things in terms of our giving culture in the kingdom of God. We have seen and we have read what God is doing here with Moses. God, for all along, remember that it has been God giving to the children of Israel. Ever since he took them out of Egypt, he has been supplying. It has been him giving to them. This is the first time where we see him say to Moses, you shall tell them that this time they are making an offering to me. They are giving of their substance now to me. And remember that the substance that they are giving to God is most of the substance that they came out of Egypt with, which he gave them through the Egyptians. Are you with me this morning? So let's come along. Let's learn together and see how we want to take the day forward. But I need us to understand that in Exodus chapter 25, we see God with a need. The need is to build the tabernacle. And so what does he do? He comes to his people for the resources. The resources of the kingdom are with the citizens of the kingdom. The resources that God requires to do what he wants to do in your life are with the person sitting next to you. Otherwise, if the person sitting next to you does not realize and recognize the eternal truth that he or she is a resource in the kingdom, you will pray and pray and pray and ask and ask and ask and nothing happens until your faith is discouraged and you begin to say God does not answer prayers. Because the citizens are not doing what they ought to do. Remember, in every kingdom, the quality of citizenry matters more than anything else. That's why they always argue that the problem in Africa today is not necessarily the politics, but the quality of the citizens. 
who don't do what citizens ought to do. The same applies with this kingdom of God. If we as citizens aren't doing what we are expected to do, guess what? The kingdom life becomes of poor quality. Are you with me this morning? Let's move forward. So the kingdom of God always has needs too. We have needs as we sit here this morning. And the resources are with the citizens like I have said. So I'll give you only three points. Three points to take away or to take home and to ponder on throughout this week. And so my first point is that we give for God, not necessarily for ourselves. He says, speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. From everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. And this is the offering which I want. The offering is for God. It's not for us. How many times have you heard people say, give so that you may get A, B, C, D, and E? I think that is not scripture. I will prove it to us this morning. The best way of understanding giving is that our kingdom demands us to give. And when we give, we give to the king of the kingdom. And the king of the kingdom then distributes what we have given to everyone who has a need. If there is no resource in the kingdom, the king, no matter how generous he is, he might be constrained in terms of meeting needs because there is no resource. Are you with me this morning? Many believers these days are so discouraged when it comes to their giving because they have given with a wrong motive. So I want us to understand that we give for God, not for ourselves. Once you have given, take yourself out of the picture and have faith on the king and the kingdom principles. Somebody say amen if you want to say amen. So you are giving for the king. You are giving to the king, not for yourself. I want you to liberate your heart and your spirit this morning. You have been giving maybe, and you are still thinking, oh, I gave, and I, I, I am expecting something. That could be a wrong attitude. Even if there is something coming your way, you don't have to go about expecting that because I gave, this must happen to me. They must give my offering. It is his offering for his purpose, for what he wants to do. Not for what you want to do, but for what he wants to do in our midst. So I've said here that giving is the culture of the kingdom of God. It is the life pattern of the children of God. It is not the barter and trade that we see now. It is not even an industry and it is not even an event. These days in most churches we are doing butter and trade. Give so that you can get married. Hallelujah. Give so that you can get a job. Give so that this and that and that happens to you. And many have fallen into the trap 
and they've given their bags and everything else only to be disappointed. Because the attitude matters. When you are giving, the attitude matters more than what you are giving. So if you give with a wrong motive, ladies and gentlemen, in the kingdom of God, the rewards are limited. Are you with me this morning? Because I want you to know and understand that you give to God what is God is. The offering is not for me, it is for God. Hallelujah. So when I give with that attitude, God is pleased. That's point number one. Point number two. The Bible said you must be willing to give. Let's read that verse again. It says here, from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. Don't take the offering from a grumbler. Don't take the offering from someone who is not willing to give. You are going to take the offering, my offering, Moses, from those who are willing to give, who are giving with the whole heart. Ladies and gentlemen, giving in the kingdom of God is a heart issue. It's a matter of the heart. Giving in the kingdom of the God is motivated by a motive of willingness. How willing are you to give what God requires of you? Many of us give through grudgingly, grumbling. Many of us give and then begin to run around following to monitor, to police and to see what is happening and we begin to make stories and complain and like many of us, even when we have given, it still remains my, my offering. Eh? Hello, have you never heard people, here we don't do that, I'm talking about <laughs> elsewhere. Have you never heard people say that, I have given but it's still my thing, eh? I can go and retrieve it back at any time. Wow. That's serious. That's a serious mistake, a serious attitude, a serious motive that has caused a lot of believers to miss the blessings of the Lord through the culture and the nature of giving in the house of God. So here God is very clear to Moses, you are going back there, I want my offering, but be careful, I want offering from only those who are willing to give. Not from grumblers. Unfortunately, here we can't have a machine that detects your heart when you are giving. Everyone gives. The grumblers give. Complainers give. And everyone gives. But guys, how willing are you to give? Do not deceive yourself. God knows and sees your heart. He understands the word of your heart even when not spoken through your mouth, isn't it? Yeah? When you are giving. He wants people who give willingly. Let's read together 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. The very, very good scripture in terms of what we are talking about. I think it's verse number 7. It says, maybe let's begin with verse number six. <clears throat> but this I say, are you there? He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. 
And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Two things there. Give cheerful. Give willingly. Don't be pressurized to give. It says you must give not of necessity. That is to say don't give because you have been persuaded to give. Don't give because somebody has come to you and has begged you to give. You give generously even before somebody comes to ask you have given. Because giving is part of your lifestyle. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? But if you look at the body of Christ these days, generally throughout, believers don't give unless they are asked to give. That is to say they give out of necessity. When you don't ask, they keep quiet. And yet God has needs every second of our lives. Are you with me there? Yeah? Needs are there. Every minute the kingdom of God has needs. Serious needs. And the church is mocked all over, particularly in Africa, for failing to meet needs. And the reason why the church is failing to meet needs is because there are no resources to meet the needs in the church. Why? The citizens aren't giving. They must be begged to give. And in the begging, they have been manipulated. Hello? In the packing, they have been manipulated. In the packing, we will come here and come up with different kinds of concepts to motivate you psychologically, not spiritually. And when you feel pumped up like that, then you give. And you lose out. Because you are now giving out of necessity. And yet the Bible wants you to give cheerfully, willingly, without any kind of pressure, without any kind of begging. I don't want to run ahead of myself. Let me withhold what I wanted to say. It's coming now. But you see, our giving guys has got to be willing. We have got to be willing to give. We have got to be cheerful givers. We have got to understand that we give because we are givers. We don't give because we have been asked to give. Giving is not a false matter. Giving is your DNA. Giving is what you live for. Giving is what manifests the power of God in our lives as children of God. If we aren't giving, we aren't cooperating with the work of God. He is a giver. Those who follow him are givers too. Because we are born of a giver. Therefore, we give. Are you with me this morning? Hello? So don't wait to be asked to give. Just give. Just purpose in your heart to give and give. Hallelujah. Verse number eight, they are said, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things 
may have an abundance for every good work. You see, the abundance that we have from God is such that it helps us to do good works. Let me put it this way, ladies and gentlemen. The foundation for every good work is giving. The best work that you can do as a believer is to give. Give to the needs of the kingdom. Give to the needs of God. That is good work. And the question is, what are you giving? That's what I want us to look at and spend much time on this morning. What are you giving? So my point number three is we give what he requires. We don't just give. We give what he requires. It's not limited to money what we give. We give what he has given us. You see, the challenge we are facing with the current church is every giving is about money. Can I help you this morning? It's not about your money. Giving is not about your money. In giving in the kingdom of God, we give anything. Starting from your heart. The first thing to be given to God by any believer is your heart. Jeremiah says, rend your hearts and not your garments. God is not interested in your garments, in your material things, in your resources first before you give him your heart. How given is your heart to God? When your heart is given to God, then your materials are also sanctified when you give them to God. I've seen a lot of people who run to give their monies and they still hold back their hearts and get nothing from God because God cannot be deceived. God cannot be cheated. Ladies and gentlemen, you can come with a million U.S. dollars here and give to us. We will be excited. Yeah? I can assure you, we will be excited and do whatever needs to be done, but you are running to hell. Because you are withholding your heart from God. So the first thing is your heart. When your heart is in the right place, doing the culture of the kingdom is not a struggle. Doing what God expects you to do is not a struggle. It becomes a natural thing. You do it naturally because the heart is in the right place. Are you with me this morning? So maybe this morning my question is, where is your heart? Because the Bible says where your heart is. I mean where the treasure is, the heart is. So where is your heart this morning? Your heart is pursuing other things. Your heart is following the world. Your heart is scattered all over. So this morning I want to encourage you. Bring your heart to Jesus. And start from there. And enjoy the beauty of not only following, but of living according to kingdom standards, according to kingdom principles, and according to kingdom statutes. It is very encouraging and relieving. So God gives us a whole lot of things there to give. I said giving is not just money. Look at what God is asking for these guys to give. And this is the offering which you shall take from them. Gold, ah, silver, 
and bronze. Blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, goat's hair, ram skins, dyed red, badger skins, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense, onk stones, these are precious stones, and stones to be set in the airport and in the breastplate. Many things. Can we imagine? It's not just money. It's gold. Isn't it interesting? To note that according to God's standard, you can have gold in your pocket. You can have silver in your pocket. You can have onks in your pocket. You can have any precious stone in your pocket. And keep it in your house. And give it whenever you want to give it to kingdom business. But the world system has cheated you and me, isn't it? We have believed the lie that it is illegal to have gold in our pockets. But according to God's standards, it is yours. Whether you say amen or not, that's the truth of the scripture. It is yours. If you go and read Genesis chapter number 2, read from verse 8 to 15, and see the environment that God created and then put men to manage. Powerful environment. And in it, he put gold. He put petroleum, which is oil. And he put the onk stone that we are talking about here, which is precious stones for men to manage. And when we slept, the enemy came and stole all those things and legalized them or illegalized them. Now it is illegal to have what God wanted us to have. And as a result, we can't give. And our giving is just limited to our cabbages. And our giving is now limited just to money and we are struggling with money. Are you with me this morning? Yeah, because we have been cheated and we as a kingdom are still walking by the deception of the enemy. We believe it. We believe it so much. There is nothing that God created for you and me that is illegal for you to have. In the kingdom of God. Even if you keep quiet, you heard what I said. It's not illegal to have what God created for you. So look at what God wants the children of Israel to give you. It's everything, guys. Let me put it this way this morning. Listen to me very carefully. In the kingdom of God, we give anything that can help the kingdom meet the needs of the citizens. Are you with me this morning? Anything. We give cows. We give goats. We give chickens. We give food. We give bread. We give mealy meal. We give clothes. We, we give anything that can help the kingdom meet needs. Because there are needs out there. In actual fact, if we were doing church according to scripture, we are supposed to be having a whole lot of storeroom full of things. 
We are not supposed to be coming here and ask people to give. We just go to the storeroom and say, what is here? So-and-so is hungry. So-and-so needs blankets. That one needs a pair of shoes. That one needs this. That one needs goat meat. That one needs that and that. And we distribute according to needs. That is the kingdom of God. That's what church is all about. But because we are not in that place now, guess what? Even if somebody walked in here today and said, I am hungry, we have nothing to give. Now we have to look for the pastor. There is somebody there who is hungry. What shall we do? <laughs> do you see that? Ladies and gentlemen, that is not how the kingdom runs. That is not how the church runs. The church is a place of plenty. The church is a place of abundance. The church is a place where every needy person walks in. Apart from receiving spiritual nourishment, they can also meet or receive their physical needs. Are you with me this morning? So if the church can't meet the physical needs of its people and of the world, guess what? People move away from church to the world. Remember that human beings are more driven by the needs of the stomach than anything else. And when the enemy provides, they will flock there. Yeah? And they have their souls trapped for food, for a loaf of bread. For a packet of rice, which you and me were supposed to have made available as citizens of the kingdom. Are you with me this morning? So my question is, here in your own church, can we meet the needs? Can you meet the needs? How stoked up are you? How stoked up are you? One reason why it is so difficult to preach the gospel now is because the church is poor. The church has no means of preaching the gospel. But the church is full of people living in abundance. They are waiting to be begged. That's not the spirit of the church. That's not the spirit of God. That's not the kingdom principle. I want us to understand this morning that we don't have to wait to be asked. Bring. Bring. Talk to your neighbor and say, bring anything. Anything. Bring. If it needs or requires refrigeration, there are many fridges in the kingdom here. We will try. We'll try something. You, you get what I'm talking about. That's the church. That's who we are. So that whenever God shows up with a need, we are not struggling. We are able to rise up and do what needs to be done. There is work to do, ladies and gentlemen. The world needs Jesus. The world needs evangelism. We can't evangelize without resources. 
We have the gospel, we have the message, but it requires some certain level of resources to go out and preach Jesus. Maybe check your neighbor if they are withholding God's resources and say to them, hey, hey they are not yours. Release. 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 Let me show. God expects us to be givers so he can meet human needs in the kingdom and in the world. God blesses people through people. One reason why the church is ridiculed and associated with the lake is because believers are running away with resources which God entrusted them. Let's read a few scriptures just to prove what I am talking about. Maybe let's begin with Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm about to finish. I am about to finish. Ephesians chapter 4. What has happened to my Ephesians? In the Bible. Some put rain and removed the page. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse number 28. It says here. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. This is the basis of our culture. We work, we do good, so we can have something always to give to anyone who has need. When we are not giving as believers, we are of duty. The Bible says we are co-workers with Christ, co-laborers with God. God is a giver. <coughs> God is a giver. God is giving 24-7. And if we are going to co-labor and co-work with him, we must always have something to give. Because listen to me. From this place, you will meet somebody who has a need. Right here in our midst, there is somebody who has a need. In your workplace, there are many people with a need. On the streets, there are many people with a need. When the needy person on the street comes to you and says, Excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, man. Uh, can I ask this? You don't even stop to listen. Because you are afraid. You are afraid of giving. They are asking for your last dollar. You are afraid. You can't stop and, and, and hear what they are saying and, and they probably just give a hug. It's worth it. Are you with me, guys? And we miss opportunity after opportunity every second of our walk to represent Christ. To perpetuate the kingdom of our God. I pray that this morning the light of heaven will shine into our own eyes. And we begin to see what it is that God wants us to do in this dispensation. Read with me Matthew chapter 24. 
Matthew chapter 25 rather, sorry. Matthew chapter 25. Maybe let's begin from verse number 34. I am there, I will read for the sake of time. It says, then the king will say to those on his right hand, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirst and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirst and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Hallelujah. Look at the needs there. This is Jesus telling this story. He's talking to his disciples what they ought to do, what we ought to be doing because there is a need there. People are hungry. People are thirst. People are naked. People are strangers and they are homeless. Yeah? People are sick. People are in prison. Never mind how they got in prison. Some of them are in prison because of the gospel. And those are the guys we need to pay attention to. There are men in prison in China for the gospel. It's also coming here. You stand on pulpits in some other parts of the world and speak against sin, particularly the gayism things. They arrest you. Yeah? So when they arrest us, will you not visit us? We expect you to visit us. And because the time is coming when we'll have to preach against sin. Because sin is sin. It's never a human right. And wrong is wrong. And it can never be right. So what are you going to do? If you don't practice and learn it now, when it comes, you will run away. Yeah? You'll run away and say, I place them in prison. They will stop talking too much. But these are the needs Jesus says. And Jesus says, if you do this to anyone of these list of his brethren, you're doing it to him. Can you imagine that when you give somebody water to drink, you are giving Jesus water to drink. He gets excited. When you give somebody a plate of food, you are giving it to Jesus. When you embrace the person and give them an embrace and they are really, really down, you're doing it to Jesus. You are encouraging Jesus. And he gets excited with you. And when he sees that you are a giver, he brings more to you. He brings more to your way. And because you are giving. Yes. Are you with me this morning? Come on, guys. We can do this because this is who we are. This is what we are expected to be doing of the Lord. Hallelujah this morning. Talk to your neighbor and say, do it, man. Do it, neighbor. We, we can do this. Hallelujah. Let's, let's read First Timothy chapter 6. Let's read First Timothy chapter 6, verse 18. 
Yes, First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 18 says, Let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. Yeah? Let them do good that they be rich in good works, and let them be ready to give and willing to share. That's my message to us this morning. May we be ready to give. May we be willing to share. That's the expectation of the kingdom. My prayer, my desire, or our prayer as King Seat leadership is that in the coming months, we will stand here and say, guys, can you stop just for a month? Bring nothing for a month. We have enough. The storeroom is full. We are slow in distributing. Can we have more people coming to volunteer to distribute to the needs of God's people so we can witness for the Lord Jesus Christ? That's our prayer. That's our desire. That we will never come up here and say, guys, we have this thing, can we give? Please just give a dollar, buy a piece of land for five dollars. This is, we just say, guys, here there is a property that we want to purchase and it costs so much and money is available. We have already paid for the, for the property. Because we are always in abundance. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of abundance. But hear me this morning as I finish. The resources for that abundance are with each and every one of us. Sit on them, it is your problem. Release them to the kingdom, you get more and more and more and more. And God is pleased with you and God is happy with you. God bless your giving and God bless your heart. God extend your territory even as you decide now to do what the kingdom requires you to do. Give and it shall come back to you. Not only money, please. Anything you give, God brings back to you. Yeah? In three measures of abundance. He presses it down. He shakes it over. And it spills over. Are you with me this morning? Let's bow our heads and pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you. Even as we glorify your name this morning. For your word. For encouraging us. For inspiring us. <clears throat> we are givers because that is who we are in Christ Jesus. So help us to understand. Help us to delay the religion that we have had over the years. And help us, Lord, to run with your gospel and run with your mind and your heart and be exactly what you want us to be. So we give ourselves to you. We glorify and honor your name. We lift your name on high. That even as we go our separate ways this week, Father, your hand is upon us. Father, you continue to minister to us by your Holy Spirit who indwells us. You continue to unite our hearts and our emotions that we may be one, Lord, in your presence. And Lord, perpetuate the culture and the nature of our kingdom in this world. We thank you for all things today. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen and amen.